Welcome to Let's Talk Color. I'm Amy Wolf, Principal Designer at Amy Wolf Color and Design. And I'm Amy Crane, Founding Designer at Amy Crane Color. We're both professional color experts who specialize in architectural color. We met while training, and years later, the conversation is still going strong. We both live our lives immersed in color and design. We often agree, but sometimes we don't, because color is personal. Color truths, however, are universal. In each episode, we'll unravel the mystery of choosing color for your home or business, both inside and out. It's great to be back. It's a new year, and we're back at the mics. This is Amy Crane, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Amy Wolf, and we're still talking about architectural color. So, Amy, I think it's been implied in all of our previous episodes that we've been advising from the point of view of helping homeowners sort out the perfect palette for their own home for them. But what if it's not for you? What if you're decorating to sell your house or to rent it on a short-term site like Airbnb? Um, I think it's fair to say that your goal is to pique the interest of other people. I mean, you're trying to appeal. And your photos of your house are your calling card, so your home's got to look great when you list it. And I think there are a couple of schools of thought here. I'd like to start with approach, the approach that's more interesting to me, and that's giving a home a personality. It's basically branding the house. You're trying to tie the decor to the identity of the home, to its selling point, its biggest selling point. So is it a beach house, a mountain house, a country house, a desert house, a city loft? You're, you're trying to create some kind of romance and create an experience for the renter. Um, you want to tell a story and then you need to sell the story and color goes a long way here, don't you think? Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think that um, there is no time when surroundings matter more probably than creating that theme, that vibe. What are our expectations for a beach vacation, um, a mountain uh, getaway, you know, and how can you create and support that experience for renting guests if you're, you know, if you're creating a rental? I think you need to meet renters' expectations. You need to differentiate your property from others in the marketplace. Um, I think, you know, a lot of times clients will come and ask me about who to hire as a realtor. Um, and I say, look at their photos online, you know? Look at the way realtors are photographing houses for sale. Because you're so right, Amy, those photos are what's selling it, whether it's a, a house listed for sale or a place you're trying to rent. It's all about the photos these days. Yeah, the reviews matter too, but I think it's the photos um, that really make that instantaneous impression. I mean, you know, we talk about that with color all the time, that people register visual imagery and color specifically in a split second, you know, where it may take, you know, 15 minutes to scroll through the reviews. That instantaneous impression is irreplaceable. I have a client right now, and I'm working on... Um 
decorating the house for short-term rental. It, it's in Kennebunkport, Maine. And um, this person purchased the house just to rent it out, and the uh, rentals are going to start in spring. So we're doing the whole thing soup to nuts, everything from wall color to um, sofas, sofas and chairs and rugs down to coasters and boot trays, which has been great fun, except for dealing with the supply chain issues right now, of course. So um, the selling point of this house is that it's a short drive to a very well-known and much-liked beach in Kennebunkport. So our goal is to create that chill, cool vibe without going so far as to, you know, having anchors and buoys and starfish everywhere <laughs> and becoming a, a caricature of, right, <laughs> right, of a, right, of a beach of a beach house. We're walking that line, and I think we're doing it really well. So um, she ended up having to paint first, which generally is not what I advise, but that's perfect world. You know, perfect world is to settle on your sofa and upholstered chairs and rugs, and then bring in the wall colors to bring it all together and and knit it together, as you say. Um, But real world is that when uh, a a well-known, highly rated painter becomes available because they have a cancellation, and it's right after you closed on the house, you take it. So a lot of my clients who have new homes, they paint first. Um, which is what we did. So to go hand in hand with this sort of beachy vibe, we've gone all with cool colors, except in the bathrooms where we've had to deal with very warm, hard finishes. Otherwise, the walls are um, mostly muted and they're blues, blue grays, blue green grays, green grays, grays with white trim. That's not screaming white, but quite crisp. And it's really working. The house is coming together really um, beautifully. And so I think, you know, what we're doing is what you want to do is you want to create a personality. You want it to be unique, you know, not some cliched, trite idea of what a beach house is, for instance. Um, you want to go beyond the cliches, you know, you're not, you're not creating, you're not trying to fit into a uniform like the shabby chic house, which of course no one does anymore, but the modern farmhouse house, the, you know, the nautical look, the pottery barn look, you want to be current, but you don't want to dip over that line, step over that line into trendy. You know, you just, you just really want to appeal. Then there's the more common approach, I think, that people think is the safest way to go. And that's, to choose colors that they believe are universally appealing. And um, this means neutrals. So here's my question. Uh, Is white and gray and beige really universally appealing? What do you think? You know, it's interesting. I'm, as I, we were preparing for this uh, recording, I looked back through my Airbnb history. I started renting Airbnbs in 2014, when I took a little cottage at the end of one of the canals in Venice that was built and designed by an architect. So you know what color those walls were, right? Right. I <laughs> they <do>. were white. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, and, and it was funny because as I was looking through 26 different Airbnbs that I've rented, Amazing. from Venice, California, to Spain, to London, um, you know, all over the place, I couldn't believe how many of them had white walls. Because truly, when I look for a place to stay, whether it's a hotel or an Airbnb or a regular B&B, 
I'm kind of looking for what kind of room is going to make me feel good. What am I going to enjoy? Um, we were supposed to go to Puerto Rico um, a couple weeks ago, which we didn't do because of Omicron. And um, there was one particular hotel in a city I wanted to visit, and all the rooms were painted in these really intense pop colors, like wild, bright, I mean, fierce which made for great Instagram fodder. But I don't think I could actually spend time in a room like that and enjoy myself and relax. Mm -hmm. um, so what was interesting that I noticed in looking through my history was that I rent houses usually for the views. I want a water view. I want to be looking down the canal in Venice. I want to be looking at the harbor in Rockport. And when the views are really solid, um, it's okay for the house to be painted all white. But then when I looked at some of my um, rentals that were more about the location being primo and maybe not having a terrific view, that was where the color really played a more important role. Interesting. So I think that's an important distinction. If you're trying to build character and charm and a little bit of magic in a house that maybe doesn't have those, you know, tippy-top location view type, you know, situation going on, that's where color really can be your ally. I think one of the best examples of that was a place that I rented in Newburyport. I was actually in Newburyport working for a builder there, and I took my husband along with me. We rented what was literally a basement apartment in one of these big old grand mansions, and the windows were high, it wasn't terribly light, it was tiny, cozy as I'll get out. I mean, it was it was a great Airbnb with a beautiful outdoor space, um, a lovely patio, um, and each of the rooms had its own color. And even though the place was tiny, what I noticed looking back at that was that I think that if they had painted the entire space all one color and we didn't have that differentiation between spaces, I think it would have felt as small as it really was. Whereas if you move from the living room and then into the bedroom and then into the little mini kitchenette, those differentiations in color helped create a progression. And I think that that kind of creates that physiological experience, that, that shift that comes from room to room. Um, so that was a place that was really done well. And we were really happy there. I mean, you know, in a basement, go figure. But I think color played a big role in that in that experience. You know, I think I, I think that's so interesting, Amy, because um, when places are small, I generally say use th fewer colors because that differentiation chops up the space and therefore makes it, you know, distinct little parts. And if the whole is small and the parts are small, it just seems to feel small, small, small. But in this scenario, it worked very well as you're telling it. So that's interesting. Yeah, it created some interest, I think, as well. And, and I will also say, colors were done well. You know, they were nice colors. Um, y you know, with stronger, bolder, more garish colors, uh, it would have been oppressive and, and not friendly, you know. So, um, yeah. I mean, one other thing to think about, Amy, um, because you mentioned you, you rented so many white places and that surprised you. <laughs> Is that yeah. <laughs> um, well? I know you're not you're not a great great lover. I mean, for personally, I know yeah. that you personally uh, don't don't gravitate to white spaces. Right. Um, is that um, 
if you are doing a, something, a short-term rental like an Airbnb, and you're lucky enough to have a very popular, busy place, then you have people coming and going, coming, going, coming, going. And another consideration for a short-term rental is maintenance and upkeep. You know, whether you're the one who's maintaining it yourself, or you've hired a property manager or someone to do it, um, nothing screams worn more than scuffed and dirty white walls. So it, it's more of an onus on the property owner to keep those walls touched up um, and and looking fresh and clean because otherwise it, it is a turnoff. And yet many, many people do it. As you know, you are the expert renter. I am not. I have done one, believe it or not, <laughs> and you have done 26. So bravo, bravo. Um, so... Um, the other, the other thing that relates to what we're talking about is when um, a client contacts you, a new client, and they say, hey, I need your help, but I'm going to sell. So how uh, do you advise them differently than you would have otherwise if they were decorating to keep the house and live in the house themselves? Well, honestly, even if somebody doesn't say upfront that they're going to sell, Mm -hmm. I still ask the question. At every consult, I will ask a client, you know, what their projected timeline is. What are they thinking? You know, are they, is this the forever house, as we like to call it? Mm -hmm. um, do they expect maybe they'll be transferred in two or three years? You know, I think it's really important to keep that kind of thing in mind. Obviously, life throws us curveballs. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see post-pandemic whether there are fewer House moves, um, I think we talked about this in a previous episode, about how people, as we are more able to work from home, people are staying put more and selling less often. Uh, there's more flexibility to stay in place. Um, but anyway, I do always ask people, because I think that keeping selling in mind is important when deciding, particularly with for people with bold taste, let's just put it that way, bold okay. taste, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> to keep it less idiosyncratic. Uh, it, it reminds me, I, um, I was helping a realtor get a house ready here in my town that was absolutely top of the market, gorgeous house, the best neighborhood in town, and, and priced accordingly. And there was a lot of orange in the house. The, the client's favorite color was orange. And as you and I know, orange can be polarizing. We yeah. love it. We hate it. We, you know, uh, you know, and, and this client loved the orange and really didn't want to repaint the orange in order to sell the house. And I kind of said, you know, hey. So anyway, yeah, idiosyncratic taste. Um, if you're a lover of orange and you're a lover of purple, which are the kind of colors that, you know, can be triggering for people, um, it's best not to get too deep into that. I mean, the other thing I'll say is that, you know, you can do anything that you want at the back of the house, whether it's the last bedroom they're going to see or whatever. Uh, you know, that first impression shouldn't be orange. <laughs> you know, I, I always say... If they can get all the way through the house and then there's one room in the back. When I sold my house in Florida, my daughter's room was blue, floor to ceiling blue, blue carpet, blue walls, pale, soft, elegant, but a lot of blue. And I just thought, gosh, if they get all the way there and they haven't turned around and left, that, that room isn't going to kill the deal, right? 
I don't know. Right. And it, anyway, it sounds like a tasteful blue anyway. Well, I like to think so. <laughs> but a lot of blue. <laughs> so how about you? Like, how do you start that conversation? What do you what, what do you tell your clients? Well, if they're going to sell, I generally say um, that it can keep its personality. It doesn't have to be bland, but generally keep the colors um, soft and light so that people have a clean, fresh feeling from the house. Um, I'm also a realtor, and um, I've helped a lot of my real estate clients um, stage their home with paint color. Uh, It's when my two worlds collide and I wear two hats at the same time. Um, and, And in generalizing... I help them get rid of poor choices. So those could be colors that clash with each other, colors that clash with hard finishes. I've seen a number of those. Um, uh, Finishes, paint finishes, meaning sheen, um, that are are too high on walls. So I've gone into some people's houses, and for some reason, they've put semi-gloss on their walls, and I think that's a really bad move. I don't think it looks good. We've talked about this before. I think it's too reflective. It shows all the dents. It's just not a nice look. So get rid of the semi-gloss walls if you have them. And colors which are generally too bright, um, you know, you let, just like you said, you let your child pick, you know, their bedroom color and it's a screaming purple that's fine they wanted it you were nice to your daughter you said fine but it's really not what you want to show to prospective buyers and colors that might be too dark and you know as we've talked about again you know dark dark colors um, perfectly placed in combination with the right size and light room next to appropriate colors can be wonderful really interesting and beautiful but Um, Fewer people like dark colors, so really depending on how many of them you have, where they are, and how dark they are, I might advise to get rid of them also. So, yeah, basically, nothing is more of a turnoff to prospective buyers than a house that, again, just like the short-term rental, feels worn, feels dirty, and doesn't feel like them. And, um, and that doesn't mean your house has to be beige. It just means keep it soft and keep it light generally. And uh, I think people will feel that it's, that it's fresh and therefore clean and, and be more appealing. You know, one of the conversations I often have with clients who are getting ready to sell and they're staging is that nobody ever walks into a living room and says, I've always wanted a beige living room. <laughs> You know, and really, when you talk about that romance and the magic, Amy, about the rental, that couldn't be mm-hmm. any more true right. of a selling situation. I mean, you really want to create an emotional response when a potential buyer walks through the door. And I just don't think beige creates a compelling emotional response. And so that's that's kind of my argument against the paint it all beige, paint it all white. I get that all white supports certain kinds of architecture, but I just don't think there's a really strong emotional um, component uh, or a really strong emotional reaction that one gets out of white in many houses, you know, in, in many more, tra- let's say, more traditional houses. You've just said something really important, Amy. You know, if it's in a traditional house, it's really going to come off differently than if you've got this modern 
modern space that's decorated with modern furnishing. And it's the, those white walls are really part of the whole and do go towards telling its story. But if you're in a colonial or something, I don't know. Right. Unless your colors are really, like you said, vibrant, intense. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think the, the painted all white, painted all beige, I, I think that's a, I think it's a mistake. I don't know. I mean, color is so emotional. And buying a house is so mm. emotional. And, and y- you know, they say women are the deciders, right? Is that true? Is that, is that the general wisdom? I, I think, um, you know, I haven't really thought about it that way. But um, now being forced to, I'd say that's probably true. I think a, a woman is less likely to be convinced by her husband that the house is perfect and she should live there than vice versa. Or, or let's just say that the woman has a bigger veto. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> That's good. I'm guessing here. Yeah. This is anecdotal, but yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, um, my anecdote around color and selling houses uh, comes out of my selling a house in Florida. Um, at the very beginning of the, the market crash, um, we got out of Florida in 2008. And at the time, there were 8,000 houses listed on our MLS. Uh, wow. Tri-County MLS, yeah, 8,000. <laughs> it's it's mind-boggling to think about. Um, and we were selling to move up here to New England uh, to live in Massachusetts full-time. And at the time, my house, you know, had really, that's where I started my business, and it became kind of where I learned and experimented. I was doing my IACC trainings out in San Diego and then coming back and painting and painting and painting. It was a ranch house, mm-hmm. all one story, so it was really easy for me to paint the rooms myself and repaint and try this and try that. So I had like 14 different colors in that house. It was a four-bedroom ranch. I had Pharaoh and Ball, I had C2, I had Ellen Kennan full-spectrum paints, I had Ben Moore. Um, wow. I guess that was it. So... Yeah, a lot of different colors. And over and over and over again, the feedback that I got from my realtor after showings and open houses was that everybody loved the colors. Great. Now, I'm going to say, this was carefully considered color. Mm -hmm. And this was, you know, not just somebody going ham, (laughs) as my daughter would say. (laughs) Uh-huh. Slapping it up there. Yeah, yeah exactly. This was, this was careful, and I would say it was well done. I mean, yes, it was many, many years ago. I didn't know what I know now. but um, And you know what? We sold that house within a couple of months. We got darn close to our asking price. Um, and there were houses on the market in our neighborhood that were all beige, 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 beige. Mm-hmm. And um, they sat and didn't sell. And the market went down the drain, and they still sat and sat and sat. So I feel really lucky. I mean, we had a terrific house. It wasn't anything special. It was a 1972 cinder block ranch house. Not a big deal. Nice neighborhood, but really well-considered color. And I think, I think it made a difference. I think it created an emotional response in enough people. Yeah. Yeah. And we yeah. sold within a couple of months. So Yeah, that's 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 fantastic, Amy. And you know, hats off to you. You were so new to color consulting then, but you really obviously you really nailed it. And and, and I think that uh, you know, two things stand out from what you say. One is creating that emotional uh, response. I think that's so important. And the other, I, I know this doesn't really help our listeners because we all want to be good, but I mean, 
it's the difference between good color and not good color. So folks, if you can't manage to do it yourself, then you should hire a professional. But it's it's not just that she used a lot of colors, because that's not always a good thing. Uh, it's the colors she chose, what colors she chose, what each looked like, and how they combined. She was able to do it really well. And that's your goal, right? Pick good color. Right. And color, yeah, color that plays well together. I think I think good color and how they stack up, how the sight lines read. I think that was the most important thing. There was a spot I could stand in in my front foyer where I could see something like seven different colors simultaneously because it was a ranch house, an L-shaped ranch house. <laughs> but all the colors played well together. And that's, that's the tricky part. To me, that's the excitement and the beauty of doing color for architecture is how do those colors you know, play together well or not. So So there you have it. Um, We hope you've gleaned some pearls of color wisdom again. Join us next time when we talk some more about color for the built world. And if you have any questions or suggestions for what you'd like to hear us talk about next, you can find us at letstalkpaintcolor.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 